In the name of the Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit, amen. I'd like to welcome you all to our Perseverance Family Conversation. As always, it's great to be with all of you as we start a new day. So we'd like to start off our conversation by inviting Mary to be with us. Mary is the Mother of God. Mary is the mother of the church. And Mary is the mother of each and every one of us. Yesterday we celebrated uh, the queenship of Mary. We also invoked Mary as our, our life, our sweetness, and our hope. So let's turn to Mary and ask Mary to Pray with us and to pray for us that God's blessing will descend upon us today, tomorrow, and all the days of our lives. Let's pray that prayer that Mary loves most. And that prayer is the Hail Mary. Together. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for our sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Well, my friends, let's invite to, to be with us our spiritual director. Our spiritual director is the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit has many wonderful titles. The Holy Spirit is known as the Paraclete. Holy Spirit is also known as the Gift of Gifts. He's also known as the sweet guest of the soul. Holy Spirit is also known as the sanctifier. Holy Spirit is also known as the our consoler as well as our counselor. And if that were not sufficient the Holy Spirit is also known as the as our interior master. Wonderful title. We read in the letter of St. Paul to the Romans, chapter 8, he says that we really don't know how to pray as we ought. But the Holy Spirit intercedes with ineffable groans so that we can say, we can say Abba, which means Daddy or Father. So with great humility and trust, we're going to invite the Holy Spirit to be with us. 
as we pray the classical prayer to the Holy Spirit. Come, Holy Spirit, fill the hearts of your faithful and enkindle within us the fire of your divine love. Send forth your Spirit. And they shall be created. And thou shalt renew the face of the earth. Let us pray. O God, who did instruct the hearts of your faithful by the light of the Holy Spirit, grant us that by the same Spirit we may be truly wise and ever rejoice in his consolation through the same Christ our Lord. Amen. Glory be to the Father, to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. Our Lady of Fatima, pray for us. St. Joseph, pray for us. St. Michael the Archangel, pray for us. Saint Gabriel, pray for us. Saint Raphael, pray for us. Saint Rose of Lima, pray for us. Saint Ignatius of Loyola, pray for us. Saint Maria Faustina Kowalska, pray for us. All God's angels and saints pray for us. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. This is the day the Lord has made. Let us be glad and rejoice in it. Alleluia. So, my friends, to give you encouragement today, I will be praying for you. And I'd like to place all of you on the altar when I celebrate the Holy Sacrifice of the Mass. So I'll place you on the altar in the greatest of all prayers, the Holy Sacrifice of the Mass. No prayer greater in the world than the Holy Sacrifice of the Mass. And I'd like to offer these special intentions. First of all, I'd like to pray that all of us would be open to the inspirations of the Holy Spirit. Perhaps we can pray as such, Come, Holy Spirit, come. Come, Holy Spirit, come through the heart of Mary. My second intention I'd like to pray for our families and for the conversion of our family members, the 
sanctification of our family members as well as the salvation of our family members. The words of Jesus Christ are very poignant. He says, What would it profit a man if he gains the whole world and loses his soul? What can we exchange for the salvation of our immortal soul? So I'd like to pray also with you for the those who will be dying sometime in the next 24 hours. The most important moment in our life is the moment that we die. St. <clears throat> Augustine in the Liturgy of the Hours today the second reading says that we should pray for the grace of perseverance in our lives. So I'd also like to pray for Rosemary and Beverly and all of you have special intentions. I'd like to place all of you on the altar <coughs> in the Mass that God would bless you and support you and protect you and that you will experience his loving presence, especially when we have to go through trials. All right, my friends, today I'd like to start off our conversation talking about talking about the saints and the saint that we celebrate today. The Catechism of the Catholic Church, when speaking about saints, says that the saints can help us in, in many ways. But especially the saints can help us First of all, through their power of intercession, they can pray for us. And the prayers of the saints are powerful because the saints are friends of God. And also the saints are helpful for us because they serve as models to imitate. We should all have good models to pattern our life upon. And the saints are God's friends and they are the best of models. So the saint that we celebrate today is Saint Rose of Lima. Saint Rose of Lima. She was born on April 20th, 1586, 
and she died as she had an intuition on the feast day of St. Bartholomew, August 24th. 1617. She was canonized in 1672. She's the patron saint of florists, gardeners, the country of Peru, Central and South America, the Philippines, and India. She's the patron saint of many things in many places. So let's get to know. Let's get to know this great saint, Saint Rose of Lima. She's the first canonized saint of of the Americas. Very interesting. The first canonized saint of the Americas is Saint Rose of Lima. Some saints have traveled around the world, like John Paul II and Francis Xavier and Francis Cabrini, whereas Rose became a saint without ever leaving her backyard. And it points out the fact that it doesn't matter so much where we are, but who we are and with whom we are. We can travel far and wide and become great missionaries, but also we can sanctify ourselves where God has placed us. She was born in in, um, in Peru, Lima, Peru. And she was baptized. Her name was Isabel when she was baptized. Isabel de Flores. Well, one day, he, the one of the maids of the family of Rose, was amazed at the baby's beauty, and explained that she looked just like a rose. Isabel's mother agreed. And said that well we'll even though she's baptized Isabel, we'll call her Rose. So basically they changed her name. And even though baptized with Isabel, Rose would be the name she'd be called. So when Rose made her first, Rosa made her first, uh, her confirmation, she actually took the name Rosa. Given that the parents, the parents of Rosa were, were not wealthy, they could not send her to school. We take it for Granted, take it, take it for granted everyone goes to school today, but we go back 500 years ago, not all people went to school. So she had no formal education. So she helped out her mother and wor- worked in, at the garden at home. 
and she did, did embroidery on silk, making clothes. with usually flower designs. She was also known for for her great beauty. But it's interesting that she, she herself knew that God had endowed her with great beauty. She didn't want anyone to look at her with lust. So she'd actually place kind of black marks on her face so that he, she would not be a source of temptation. Very interesting. Today, very often, people will dress in a lustful way so that they will attract attention to themselves and be a source of sin for others. Rosa de Lima, just the opposite. But her inner beauty grew stronger and stronger. How important it is, my friends, to have the inner beauty of our soul. As I mentioned earlier, as I mentioned earlier, all of us have to have patron saints. Saint Rose of Lima took Saint Catherine of Siena as her model. And eventually Rose would not become a sister, a nun in a convent, but she'd become a third order Dominican. Men wanted to marry her because of her captivating beauty. But Rose wanted to give herself totally to God, that Jesus would be her mystical spouse, as was also the case in the life of St. Catherine of Siena, and St. Faustina, and St. Therese, and St. Teresa of Avila and St. Margaret Mary Ella Cook. They recognize that human love, there's nothing wrong with human love, but the supernatural love between Christ and them, they believe that to, to far exceed any human love. Rosa felt very strongly drawn to prayer. So just in, in the backyard of her house, She built a prayer hut for herself. So in her free time, she'd be able to go to that little casita, the little house, little hut, where she'd be able to dedicate herself to prayer, to longer periods of prayer. And this is a, a, a common denominator of the saints, that they all feel this real longing to spend time with God in prayer. So we can beg St. Rose of Lima to, to motivate us 
to grow deeper and deeper in our own prayer life. So her parents uh, wanted her to, to marry a wealthy man and Rose said no. So, so as to support her parents, Rose stayed at home and sold her needlework and flowers. So she had the garden with flowers and her embroidery in which she would be making clothes and by that she was able to support her parents. So as mentioned earlier, Rose became a member of the Third Order of St. Dominic. In Italian it's called Mantellati because they wear the, the mantle, the, the clothes and the mantle. So she would sometimes be seen depicted as a Dominican nun. But she lived at home. Once a theology professor questioned Rose about the faith. So even though Rosa had no formal education, through prayer and listening to the homilies, she was able to give a theological response that surprised the professor of theology. We see this also in the life of St. Joan of Arc. Rose's love for God led her to love the poor. So in her parents' house, she set up one room as a free medical clinic for poor children and elderly people who were ill. This free service became the beginning of social service in Peru. In the last years of the life of Rosa, she became very ill, suffered incredible torments at the end of her life, and she had a lot of temptations, even against chastity, even though she lived a life of, of absolute purity. Rose died at 31. And her funeral procession, there's so many people that came. First, those who worked in the cathedral carried her body. Then they gave her the coffin to the mayors and the senators of the town. And then finally, would be the religious. The Dominicans carried her body. So St. Rose of Lima is a wonderful, wonderful model for us. Let's ask St. Rose of Lima to give us a great love for God, a great love for prayer, a great love for poor, to help out the poor, and a great desire to become a saint. My friends, I have to say Mass now so I'll be praying for you in the Mass. May God bless you. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen.